You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. Let me clear my throat. Remember when Jill, well, I, I'm going to tell a story now. I was going to say remember when to you, but now I'm just going to tell the story. Jill and I did a photo shoot for the podcast, our current uh, photo for our album cover, whatever it's called. We went to Best Buy to purchase a microphone as a prop. And it was like $150, $200 microphone, which we had zero intention of using. We were going to buy it for the prop and then just take it back like within an hour. So we're leaving Best Buy. And the security guard has to check a receipt. And he's like, oh, do you know how to use this mic? And Jill and I are just looking at each other like, no, we're going to take this back in like 20 minutes. And he proceeds to tell us how we need to chew a green apple before because it will like absorb all the saliva. And like he's telling us how to clear our throat and how to use the thing. And honestly, he's going on and on. And we're just like feeling rude to interrupt him. And we got to go. But we're like, dude, we got to go because we want to get back before the store closes so we can get our money back. <laughs> but anyway, I'm clearing my throat. It made me think of that guy going, oh, I should have had a green apple before the podcast. You know, looking back, <laughs> that was a good tip, Some, especially when I do my solos because we're talking so much. I noticed mm -hmm. that I do a lot of like, like audible yeah. throat clearing and like you guys can hear my saliva. So I apologize. So I have to, I'm trying to get better at that. <laughs> we'll have to try it and see if he was right. I feel though like Sauvignon it's like what, astringent? Yeah, something or maybe the acid, but I feel like Sauvignon Blanc does the same. So dries we'll your mouth wine. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just mouth. That's why we drink wine before. That's only yeah. reason. It's for the quality of the audio listening you know, for you guys, we do it for you guys. We drink yep. for you. This is why right now my throat, I haven't been drinking. I should have started with wine and I apologize. You have too much saliva. You're too hydrated. <laughs> that's never, that's never the problem. <laughs> so um, today's <laughs> episode, do you want to introduce it? Yeah. So we're going to talk about how, well, First, I was thinking of the ways I built relationships online and like how to build relationships and network online. And this is really great right now because Jill and I have talked a lot about going to live events and how important they are. But during COVID, it's not possible. And it is possible to still continue to network online. I think it's really important too. So 
I think it is too. And, you know, when we talk about, it's like, I hate the word networking because it feels so official, but you know, when we think about social media, it's social media for a reason. So it should feel kind of fun. It should not be forced. I feel like sometimes when you're at like a networking event and a live, like maybe a live conference and everyone has their little name tag on and you're, and has a lanyard and it's like, hi, nice to meet you. What do you do that? That's fine. But I always find that in person, I always make the best connections at like the parties or at like between sessions or who I'm sitting next to at a session because it feels a lot more organic than these like quote unquote networking parties where you're like giving out cards. I don't even know if people use business cards anymore. I have never looked at one that I've ever received ever again after <laughs> getting them, but they seem like a good idea. But um, I think just exchanging your social media handles at this point is probably better. And if we can't go to live events, we can exchange our social media handles online. Yep. And then what's the next step? You're like, cool, this person, I came across their thing. Somehow I got introduced to this person. They seem cool. Their content seems pretty cool. Could we be friends? Yeah, I like this because to be honest, as I was thinking back over the last couple of years, majority of my relationships and friendships were built online. And so I feel like I've done this naturally. So I had to sit here and kind of think about the steps. If I was going to break this down for someone who's like, I don't get it. How do you use social media? How do you meet people? Then I was trying to think of how I did it because it's funny when I did the RV thing, um, when I was traveling around the country, we, our first stop was from Dallas to Nashville and we were going to stay with this girl named Amber. And I remember my husband was like, well, do you know her? And I was like, well, kind of, we met online. I never met her in person. He was like, what are you talking about? We can't stay at her place. And I was like, well, she seems cool. And we had been kind of talking for like two years. We ended up staying on their driveway and the, they had this really long driveway for the RV and we stayed there for a week and we're just really great people. But my ex was not a social media guy. I didn't know how to meet people. And I remember back when people started dating online, it was kind of uh, taboo and taboo. scary. Like yeah. who, you know, who are you meeting? Some stranger. But I think now it's just, it's easier. I feel like it can, you can really get to know people well. You can find your kind of crew really well. And so the first thing I think that's really important is just engaging with other people's content and like engaging in comments. So if they're posting on social media, that make sure you leave comments because we notice who comments in our posts and who, I mean, I don't notice who doesn't. I'm not like, oh, Jill did not comment today, but I notice who does. So if you're consistently engaging in the comments, that person is going to start to notice you. So that's the first thing is just simple engagement. It's not jumping into their DMs right away and be like, hey, I think we'll be best friends, but just engaging with their stuff. I love that. And I think you're so good at that. It's funny because we follow the same people. So I'll be scrolling and I'll be like, oh, here's a post from someone that we both know. And there's always a comment from you. Not always, but most of the time there's a comment from you underneath and you're so good at that. And I, I that's something that I definitely want to get better at. I tend to, especially like as a blogger, I just came up being so used to like broadcasting my content and then like sitting back and waiting for the likes and shares, which is like kind of obnoxious. So I've actually tried to, be, to do that a lot more too with people that I want to connect with or people whose content I really respect. You know, I think you also have to evaluate where you are in the process. So if we're talking about like business relationships, um, first high level, everyone is valuable, right? Every human is valuable. Everyone has self-worth that's innate, et cetera. But when I look at who I want to collaborate on the internet with, oftentimes it will be someone who has something different to offer or has a unique ability that I don't have, or is just doing really amazing work that I find interesting on a personal level first. So this is a, I don't think I've ever told a story 
it was in 2007 and I just started getting into comp competing. I had been keep competing for about a year and I had gotten a whole bunch of photo shoots done. And I remember being like, okay, I want to get in magazines and this fitness model had been on a bunch of like oxygen magazines and muscle and fitness hers. And of course those are the ones that we're looking at. And I remember emailing her, like emailing her to her, I don't know, like whatever general email thing on her website. And I was like, Hey girl, I love your stuff so much. I'm getting into fitness modeling too. Do you have any tips? I attached a bunch of my photos to this email for you to take a look at. Like, I remember just being, I mean, for all intents and purposes in our industry at that time, I was nobody. I had never been in a magazine. I had barely done any shows. Like I, of course I had value as a human, but to this person, and it wasn't that they were better than me. They were just further along in the process. And I was reaching out because I was so excited. I was passionate about it. I thought she had an amazing physique. I like read little articles about how she ate or whatever you follow. And now we're doing that. Instead of doing that in magazines, now we're doing that on social media. And we feel so connected to the person. So we just want to connect on the level that they're at. And unfortunately, we don't, and I didn't at the time, have anything to bring to that relationship. If she had a coaching program, maybe I would have signed up, but she wasn't like a mentor and she wasn't going to take time out of her day to email me back and give me all of her tips on how she got started in the modeling industry. It's like so random, right? And I'm sure she's getting this from like multiple different people all the time. And it's not that she's better. It was just more that she was just further along in the process. So I always think about that when I want to reach out to someone or I really respect someone's work and I'm, I have to kind of have an honest conversation with myself about like, what would I bring to this relationship? And it's not that I can't bring anything, but it's like, okay, what is the value first and foremost? What are the, the ways in which I can serve this person? Is it attention? Is it collaboration? Is it featuring them on the podcast? Is it having them, you know, is it emailing out my list of something that they're doing? Like, how can I add value first? And how, who am I in this relationship? And if I'm essentially a nobody, I'm probably not going to reach out until I've gotten some reps under my belt. Yep. I love to say she didn't respond back, but <laughs> ironically, last year she reached out on Instagram and asked me about business coaching. Love it. Love it, it was 13 years later, y'all. <laughs> well, it's so funny. I love that you say that because we do have to add something first, even if it is just commenting and showing up for them because they're not going to know who you are from anyone. And, you know, people are paying them for their time. People are even though you feel like you could be their best friend, they don't know you. So it, it's the same thing like with the podcast, even it's really interesting. Um, you know, I know people listen to us and so they know a lot of our stories. And so they might have really similar stories like, Oh, my husband had an affair too. And I was a fitness model too. And they come up to me or Jill and they say, you know, might say something like, I love you guys. I'm like, thank you. And they feel so connected, but I don't feel connected yet because I haven't heard their story. So they have a different feeling. So you kind of have to show up and you have to share and you have to kind of be around. So they start to notice who you are before you can even get to the next level of like sharing who you are, mm -hmm. um, which I think the next level is, and I love this part because we didn't have this back then was like replying to stories in IG. I think this has been such a great way to get in people's DMs without like sliding into the DMs for no reason with no agenda is just a reply to a story, a reaction to a story. I mean, there's, you can reply for a long time and maybe you can reply to a lot of things and they never reply back. And at that point it might just get weird, but it is one, another way to 
start to engage or interact. And usually, you know, I'll have people respond to stories and sometimes I don't respond back with anything but just like like the comment or like the thing. But generally if there's a like thoughtful response or answer, I'll reply back even if it's just like LOL or yes, I agree or something. And so if that goes on long enough, you do start to notice again who who you're talking to. So engaging in the comments, this is another form of engagement, but replying to stories and finding ways to like DM and have conversations because then you can go a little deeper in the DMs. If mm-hmm. it if there is a reciprocation, then you can go back and forth. Like don't be creepy about it, but just be natural. Well, and I hate, yes. And I love that you said that. And I kind of hate that this is a thing, but okay, let's just say that someone is DMing back and forth with you. What's the first thing that you do? Um, what do you mean? You as the person who's DMing? Who's receiving. No, who's receiving the DM. Someone's like, hey, Danny, oh my God, the same thing happened to me last week. Um, the first thing that I do personally, mm-hmm. I mean, for me personally, if they're just like, yes, me too, I usually just validate what they say. Like, oh my gosh, that sounds cool. Would I mean, you I- go and look at their profile? Oh yeah, I do go look at their profile for sure. So, okay. So this is the important part too, is that there is some social proof associated with this, right? So it's not like they're not going to get a response if they don't have a million fucking followers. But if I'm looking for networking connections, and it's funny, I don't think I've told this story, but this was the main reason why I wanted to grow my Twitter account um, organically the way that I did. So I was on Twitter constantly. Like, I think I probably read every single tweet from like 2011 to 2014. I was on Twitter constantly and I really loved it, but I knew that at the time Facebook was really noisy um, and I would, would not be able to have conversations with certain people that I wanted access to. So I was like, you know what? I have a lot to say. The blog is at this point, it's very successful. Jill, if it was a six-figure business, like, but I also knew that in order to stand out in the industry, I needed, I wanted to get speaking gigs. I wanted to get invited on podcasts. I wanted to get more of that like higher level expertise type recognition and Twitter seemed like a less noisy place to connect. So I was like, you know what? I know that if I reach out to this author that I really love their book, or if I reach out to this you know, influencer who I really want to pick their brain on something, I know they're going to go to my profile and immediately look at like, who am I? What do I do? Like, who am I in this industry, et cetera? So I literally, like, at this point, I had never done any speaking engagements. I had never done any like, you know, anything really outside of just blogging and social media, like most people start. And I just built uh, my Twitter following organically by making very shareable content. So I was posting probably 30 to 50 tweets a day, a ton of tweeting, uh, but I was making connections and I was growing my following and making sure I was putting out content that could be constantly retweeted, retweet, retweet. And that's how I built my following organically to like 27,000 or something within the course of like about a year. And at that point, you know, the Twitter numbers weren't what they are now. So when I started to reach out to people that I wanted to connect with, that I really respected their work, they would go and look at my profile and they would be much more likely to respond or follow me back or interact with me or give me the time of day because they saw that I had had success as well. And I kind of hate to say, like, I always hate these kind of conversations because it feels like you don't you aren't any good unless you have a following. And I think that that's not the point. The point is, is there, um, do other people think that you're good too? And a following, if you haven't purchased the following, it gives the people who are maybe deciding if they want to interact with you a way to see that if that other people find your stuff useful. And so I think do take care of like your home first, take care of adding great value to your, even if you have a small audience first, like start there before you're trying to reach out to people who have huge followings and try and connect with them. 
It's so true. Um, yeah, I didn't know where you were going with the like, what do I do? But I definitely check out people's profile. First off, if I see their profile picture is even like good, I want to go check out their profile. If it's just weird or can't like see a it really cartoon character or something. I don't even bother. I kind of just, you know, low level of engagement. If, if it's I see, a dude, I don't look at it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll like, like the comment, but I never go to the profile. Yeah. If it's, um, if it's someone though, that I feel like could be somebody I could share or, or potentially actually have some kind of collaboration with, I totally check out their stuff. And then I generally might say something like, Oh, it looks like you're doing really cool stuff. And then I start to ask them questions and want to know more about them. But honestly, if it seems like, I hate to say this, just like a fan for fan's sake, you know, it's not really a networking opportunity for me, then there's no reason for me to like put in a lot of extra effort to reply. Like I'm always going to be kind and I'm always going to like give what I can. But if we're talking about like, you're not going to follow them and like comment back on their posts. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, And I actually glad, I'm glad you brought up the part about you created a lot of shareable content because the next thing I had here was actually was to reshare and retweet. And I think this is really how I got the attention of Metabolic Effect and Jade and you guys at the beginning was I started following um, Metabolic Effect and I started following a bunch of friends that I have now and I thought they were doing really great stuff. And so instead of me trying to recreate the wheel or write what they were doing, I would share it. I was like, hey, you guys should go read this post by this brand or this company or this person. And they started to notice, they're like, oh, this girl keeps sharing our stuff. She keeps sharing with her people. And that is a way to get noticed as well because you're doing, you're providing value. Like I'm putting more eyeballs on this other person's stuff because it's great content. It's something to share. And I do this on stories. Just the other day, I shared a friend's post. I thought it was really well written. I was like, hey, go look at her. Go watch this video someone else did. And it's, these aren't just like, I'm sharing a viral video of someone I don't know. These are people that I'm sharing who potentially I want to be friends with, I want to work with in the future, and that I'm trying to network with. And so it's strategic, but it's also genuine as well. Like sharing other people's stuff because it helps them and it helps you look good to them. (laughs) Which is a counterintuitive because I think when you're first getting started and maybe you're feeling like in scarcity, you're a little bit worried to share someone else's content because you're like, am I all my followers going to go now follow metabolic effect? Mm -hmm. And the answer is like, probably, but that doesn't mean they're stop following you. Right. And so I think you have to remember that, you know, sharing and I I did the exact same thing. So here's what I would do is I would share, I would do a ton of retweeting of articles and people who I really respected and I love the work they were doing. But when I retweeted it, I would add my own two cents. I wouldn't be like, Hey, so-and-so just want you to know that I'm sharing this. Like it wasn't about, it wasn't a message to the person whose content I was sharing. I want, I wanted it to come across like I was talking to my audience yep. and introducing my audience to this person. And I was, and I hope that a lot of my audience went in and read the article and followed the person. And so I think, and this is, I think why we see a lot of um, what's it called? Like a lot of plagiarism in our industry is because mm-hmm. people don't want to give credit because yeah. they're worried that it's going to take away from their credibility or gonna, all of their followers are going to leave them or sign up with that coach or whatever. And I agree with you. I think a lot of one of the main ways you can get on someone's radar is share their content, but don't like announce to them you shared it. Like let yeah. them find that organically. Talk to your own audience about the value of this thing. Totally. Like tagging them, 
You know, if I see somebody shared my stuff and like we see this in stories, it's so easy to, I'm always like, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing this. It's so cool that you enjoyed it enough to share with your people because that is one of the highest forms of, co- of mm-hmm. compliments and flattery I think you can get is when we are trying to build an audience or share a message, we can, and let's say just social media and we say you only have a thousand followers. The only way you're going to reach more is if someone shares it with someone else and that's how you grow. And so helping someone grow always feels good. And then again, you go back and look at their profile and see what they're about. Like, Oh, what are they, what are they up to? Why are they sharing this? And I think it's amazing. And I love sharing content of people who do similar work, who are also coaches, who also talk about money, who also talk about mindset, who also talk about lifestyle or relationships, because I don't know it all. And I like sharing different perspectives. And I also know that it's so funny because you and I have, we, you have some of your audience, I have some of mine, and we have some crossover. And it's really cool to know, like, I always love stories when someone's like, oh, I found Jill because of you, or I found Danny because of Jill, or I found you through someone else. And that makes me feel really, really good. I just heard this morning, one of my friends said, um, she's like, oh, such a small world. So-and-so listens to your podcast and she found me. And I was like, that is really amazing. I love being able to connect people. And it only elevates your status. It doesn't make you less because someone like finds a different coach or a different person. It Mm -hmm. actually puts you in a higher status. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the next thing I'm going to talk about is like, oftentimes we think that we would get along with someone really well in theory because their content is very similar or their uh, story is very similar. So I'm going to talk about that in a second, but this kind of goes to the way you and I met. So Danny and I knew of each other online, uh, for years. We were both kind of having similar paths and similar spaces with the, you know, fitness modeling and competing and knew a lot of same people. And at that time it was pretty small. And then we actually met in person in 2013, both you and I were starting to do more business coaching and speaking of Jade, um, obviously founder of Metabolic Effect. And then he had a business event called Time Millionaires in North Carolina. You came in, I was speaking, and it was the very first time we met. And we knew each other. And I knew you through Jade because you were he was helping you. Um, and then we connected. And I remember just sitting and talking and like we had so much in common and it felt really organic. It was like, oh my God, me too, me too. Like, but at the same time, you lived in Dallas. You were also like very married. I was very married. So we didn't really do a ton with each other after that. I think we both like felt super connected, but neither one of us like kept up that relationship really. But, you know, we were still in each other's kind of loose circles. And when you guys came through North Carolina in your RV, I saw you. And then when I moved out to LA, you were living in Utah and we met in Vegas. So really, I think we only met like in person, like three or four times yeah. before you essentially moved in with me in 2016. <laughs> yeah. Like it really wasn't that many times, but we, it grew over time. And I think for me and you, it did feel really organic. You know, the more time you spent, it like felt really easy. I have had, and I'm wondering if you have too, the opposite experience where you go, this person is like so fucking rad. I I love their stuff. Their content's amazing. They're like just so intelligent, whatever it is. And then you meet in person and it's not easy. And like, it's not that they're bad or you're bad. It's just literally like not an easy fit. And you're like, okay, like I thought it would have been more organic, but it just isn't. And that's okay too. I can respect them from afar and still like collaborate with them and still share their stuff. But I know we're not gonna be talking on the phone every, every day. Oh, totally. Totally. I think it, one of the biggest shocks to me, I think was first in the fitness industry, because I followed all these girls on magazines and professional IFBB pros. And I went to my first show and I met this girl who was a pro and I was 
so disappointed by who I thought she was and who she was in person. I thought everyone was going to be so nice and supportive and like this girl in particular was just kind of snotty and short and probably in my mind snotty. She probably was just introverted and quiet, <laughs> but just not what I expected. And so I think that we sometimes can read everything, hear everything, think like, like we are going to be connected. We're the same. Like we're going to be best friends. And then in person, it's just not the same. And you can even have a conversation. You could be in the DMs and talking to each other because even text versus voice and in person is completely different. Because some people, I've really seen this online. I think introverts can really flourish in social media because they can write really well and they can express, but in person, they're much more quiet, reserved, and maybe not conversational. And I've been around quite a few of those, especially before there was more video. I felt like a lot of them kind of fell off, but before we had more stories, Snapchat, Periscope, all of that, when it was just mostly writing on Facebook, I had a lot of these people where I really agreed with their writing. And when I met them in person, they were just very, very different. And I think it is important to know that like we can network and you can find people that you think are going to be great. And then in person, it's just like, it's not the same. It's mm -hmm. totally fine, but definitely, definitely in person is like the real test, I think. <laughs> it is. And I think it's okay too. It's totally fine to be like, yeah, like we didn't like quite hit it off. And so one of the things that I did when I was in North Carolina was I was connecting and I was kind of coming up in the space and I was trying to meet more people is I would just do like, this is back before Zoom, we just Skype calls, you know, be yep. like, hey, like, do you want to have a drink? Like over Skype, like we'll just chat, like, you know, just talk shop. And I did a lot of those actually, because I was in North Carolina. I wasn't anywhere central. I wasn't in LA. I couldn't go to events. I wasn't in New York. Like, so if you are somewhere that's not like New York or LA where there's a big, you know, industry, people, industry population, then you might have to do something like that. And sometimes, and most of the time it was like, oh, you're amazing. Like, it was so great to meet you. And then like, cool, I will just like your posts from now on. We'll never really do this ever again. Yeah. But we both kind of do that. And similar to dating, right? It's kind of the same thing. Like we go on a first date, like it's never bad per se, but you just know it's not going to ever be anything else. And so I think it's okay to kind of go, okay, who is, Who's this person? Where are they going to go? Like, is this a is this a professional relationship? Is this a personal relationship? You and I are lucky because we were able to transition a personal friendship into a into a professional relationship. But I have had, I've tried professional collaborations with other people in the past, and they weren't disastrous, but they were one and done. It was yeah. like, cool, let's host a you know live event together. Oh, let's you know do a series of you know blah blah blahs together. And it would work for a little bit and then it wouldn't work or we do it one time and then that was it. And no one was ever mad about it. Everyone left being kind of knowing what it was and that was totally fine as well. Yep. I love the, like the last piece of this, of your online relationship. I think it has to turn into, it doesn't have to, I guess, but turn into an in-person somehow. So like I put invite to coffee and I've done tons of Zoom coffee dates with people, um, even just you know, someone's asked me to speak at their event. And so I'm like, Hey, let's get to know each other before yep. I even was on a podcast recently. And the girl and I knew each other from like a group Instagram pod, but I didn't know her really well. So she's like, Hey, let's talk to each other before the podcast. So it's more natural. So we got on like a little coffee zoom date and chatted for like an hour away at the best time talking. And I was like, man, I actually wish we recorded this conversation for the podcast, but it was a way to get to know somebody. And so while we're in quarantine, I think it's a great time to try to 
network and expand because once we're out, there's so many things you can do, like, you know, hosting events. It's one way to grow collaborations. We should do a whole podcast on collaborations, mm -hmm. but collaborations are a huge way to grow your platform, grow, grow your audience and grow your reach and mm -hmm. your influence. And the way you collab with people is you first have to meet people. And if you can't like go out and meet people, um, you got to figure out how to do it online. So you got to start, you got to start kind of engaging, um, posting, commenting, sharing, and then, you know, having, and also just at a high level, just be a mover and a shaker, right? Like that's yeah. always going to be attractive. If you're getting success with your clients, that's going to be the fastest way to get respect from other people in the industry too. It's not going to be because you are constantly DMing them. It's not because you're constantly reaching out or like sharing their stuff. Like that stuff is all great and it's always appreciated, but the fastest way to earn the respect of the people that you're trying to connect with is just do good work. Like be someone who's doing things. I think that is always very attractive. Um, and then the last piece I was going to say, and this we've talked about this before is like, you might consider um, joining some sort of mastermind or mentorship or something like that where you kind of just are automatically put with people like you. So the reason why I like masterminds that are personal brands, when I talked about this in another episode, I was in a couple of masterminds um, years, a couple of years ago. One of them I thought was like so great and I totally got along with a lot of people in the group. And then another one was just not as great. It just wasn't my vibe. And that's cool. Like there, nothing was good or bad, right or wrong with either of them. But oftentimes, if it's a personal brand, like for example, I know Danny has done a mastermind in the past, I do a mastermind, chances are that the people who are in Danny's mastermind are all very similar to each other because they're all attracted to Danny. And I know for a fact that my mastermind clients who have been with me for a year, two years, three years are like all best friends because they're all so similar because they all found me independent of one another and there's a vibe, right? So very rarely, I mean, we, every once in a while, we get it, maybe like 5% of people who join the mastermind don't vibe, but for the most part, like 95% of them are very similar and get along without me around. And that's the whole point. So you might have to pay to play as well. I really like that. I really like that. Cause it, it is like, if you want to be in certain circles, I was not in a sorority or I didn't do that in college. I didn't really understand, but it's kind of like the grown up sorority or fraternity mm -hmm. is you kind of have to, I, you don't have to pay for friends, but you kind of need to like pay to be where the people where you want to be are. You and do. it's totally, it's totally fine. And it's worth it. It's totally worth it. I mean, totally worth it. it's funny. Like a lot of times these masterminds are high ticket and you have to realize you're not necessarily paying for, um, to make that exact amount of money back or to something. make that, that money back because you can't put a price on relationships and potentially those relationships can earn you so much more money or teach you something. And so I find that it's, I don't know, it's really crucial to do that. And it's really a great way to network online. So a lot and of honestly, like, have an and, online program. Right. And, and also podcasting, right? We've met so many people through the podcast. So I don't know that you need to like have a podcast, but if you do, or you join a mastermind for me, we've had a lot of people that both you and I have worked with in different masterminds on this as guests. And yep. then we've been on their podcast as guests. So I also think if you have a platform that you can provide as a service. So if you have a podcast, you can use that to get a guest on. If you have a blog, you can guest, you know, you know, guest post for someone. Like so I think what what ways are you providing value? And we've met so many people through the podcast and use this as a vehicle. Yeah. It's been really cool. It's been great. It's, it's been really cool. And you have to be cool to be on the podcast.
Well, I've actually had a lot of the people I've met in my masterminds come and speak at my mastermind, right? Because then it's like, cool, we know each other. You're someone who's doing something really cool. Can you be a guest for my clients? I've done that a lot for them too. I've spoken at a lot of different masterminds and it's like a fun way to get in front of new audiences. I'm yes. a big proponent of paying to play, pay for friends, do it. Yeah. I write Jill a but check make sure every week just to be my friend. I know. Pay up. <laughs> But also make sure the person who's running the mastermind, you have a vibe with. Like that's the thing is they need to be your personality. I don't care if they're like the smartest, richest person. Personality matters so much more because they're going to be attracting people like them. And so I would say if you're joining somewhere, it needs to be someone who like you could hang out with for a weekend because you are going to be hanging out for weekends. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So true. Anyway, love it. I'd love to hear you guys. Like I would love to hear some cool stories of maybe you guys meeting friends online and um, how that worked out, whether business or just long-term friendships. I personally have just been online for so long that I don't even, honestly, I don't even know too many friends that I have today that I didn't meet online. Um, so you have so many friends though. Everyone thinks that you're their best friend. <laughs> That's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but the only person who I'm talking to that day is my best friend. <laughs> I have to make everyone feel special. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny, you guys. I will just tell you this, and you're not going to be surprised, but Danny and I have gone to so many events together over the last however many years. And well, besides the fact that dudes always want to do a threesome with us, that's always something that happens quite a bit. We get proposition for threesomes. We don't anymore, but we used to. And then the second thing is they will always, they always stay in touch with Danny and they never stay in touch with me, which is fine, which is kind of how I prefer it. But they, for whatever reason, they just cling to Danny and they want, because I think it because we'll meet someone random and you're like, what's your Instagram handle? What's your YouTube channel? You always follow. And it's, so it's really, true. it's awesome. It's you. And like, you're, you're someone who always inspires me because you always go out of your way to make people feel special. And you always go out of your way to make people feel, you know, to see what they're up to and like be, you know, and make them feel seen and recognized. And that's huge. And I want to be better at that. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's funny. I was uh, going through my Instagram like two weeks ago to start unfollowing people. Cause I was like, man, I'm following like 3000 people. And I feel bad because there were so many people that I've met at a conference or something and I followed them. And I was like, cause I'm like, how do I know this? And I go, Oh, I remember I felt, I found them at a Brenda Burchard conference and I followed them, <laughs> you know, wherever. And I just make friends all over. Then I, f I can't unfollow them. But I did instead unfollow all the puppy accounts I was following, which is really, really hard. I don't know if it was the best idea. But. It goes in waves. <laughs> I definitely go through and like unfollow a bunch of meme accounts all at once. I'm like, I don't need this bullshit in my head. And then <laughs> I'll be like, but I need laugh. So I refollow them all again. But I need this bullshit in my head. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> love it. We'd love to hear guys' tactics. I want to hear some stories about who you met and made friends with online and who you didn't. Yeah. Give us the juice. Yep. So, oh, find us in the Best Life Podcast group. A lot of people have been joining lately. So if you don't know, go to thebestlifepodcast.com. Our Facebook group is there. You can join us. Also, before you get in, ask for an email. If you give us your email, we'll send you a priorities webinar that's in the Happiness Diet. And you can also get the entire Happiness Diet at thehappinessdiet.com, which is a program Jill and I created. That mm -hmm. is all things personal development all the way around communication, relationships, all the things. So good. Yeah. If you guys have not checked out the happiness diet, it's the happiness diet.com. Make sure you go check it out. All the different things that you're going to learn. It's the only personal development course that Danny and I have available right now. So if you are want to learn about relationships, communication, honesty, integrity, 
priorities, um, purpose, meaning, passion, all of those fun, really just soft skills. It's just a great place to start. And it's super, super affordable at happinessdiet.com. Go and check it out. And lastly, I will say, um, hopefully we will be bringing on more guests again soon. Uh, but in quarantine, as you guys know, it's been mostly solos and then just ones with Danny and I. And so we are always interested in topics that you guys want to hear about. So if you are listening to this, go to thebestlifepodcast.com, into our Facebook group, or send us a DM at the Best Life Podcast on Insta and tell us what we should talk about. What are you guys struggling with? What are you, what are some successes you're having? What are some questions that you have? It could be anything under the, under the sun, um, personal development, relationships, online business, food, and new exercise, all the things. Word. All right. We'll see you next time. We should time. do a Q&A. We haven't done a Q&A in a while. We should do a Ooh. Q&A. Yes, we should. Let's Throw it do up on stories. Yep. All right. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.